Hello and welcome. This is On Mike with Jordan Rich, where conversation is alive and well. Conversation with creative, inspiring people who have a lot to say. And my guest today is an old friend and a terrific human being. His name is Tom Nicoli. He's one of the country's leading hypnotherapists. I want you to check out the website prosperusa.com to find out more about a better you hypnosis, offering programs to assist anyone out there with a desire to change. So we're going to be talking about hypnotherapy, about the power of the mind, the subconscious mind and what makes a guy like Tom, who's blessed with boundless energy, tick. He has a lot to say, and I'm so glad he's here to share it with me as we get ready to go on mic with Tom Nicoli. First of all, it's been a while since you and I have actually seen each other, and you look so distinguished. You look like Professor Mesmer must have looked in the old days, talking hypnosis here. Tom, how are you? I'm fantastic, Jordan. It is a really, really nice sight to see you on the other side of the screen. Well, now that you're living in another part of the country, you went from New England to the Midwest, and uh, you're spreading your gospel of good health out there. How's it going for you out there? You know what? It is unbelievable. It is unfolding so well. It's amazing. You know, intuitively, I followed the, the nudge to leave where I was, mm-hmm. even though I loved my property. I loved it there. But it was time, you know, 16 years on Faith Road. I literally lived on Faith. <laughs> but when I came out here, I realized, oh my God, you mean you don't have to make over 100 grand to live well? Oh my yeah. God, you know, people are this nice. Oh my God, nobody's like, well, you know, yelled out the window or give me the finger. We do years. we do have a certain air about us here in New England, I will admit. A little edgy. <laughs> a little edgy. But it a does, little edgy. It I mean, I'm the triple-decker kid. little edgy. Yeah, but it doesn't suggest for a minute that there aren't people anywhere on the planet who couldn't benefit from what you do. So are you finding the need, particularly with what's gone on in the world the last couple of years? You know, that really hasn't created any kind of swell of incoming clients related to their stress and issues. Because as you know, people who are going to do personal work do it, and people who don't or who won't aren't going to. And even back when I shut down my office in Woburn, Mass, and in Salem, New Hampshire, and moved everything to the front room of the house at, in Wyndham, New Hampshire, I was still seeing 70% of my people online because they're in other mm. countries and other states and mm-hmm. such, right? So what 2020 did for me is it didn't wake me up because I've been doing online work since 2003 with Skype. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> excuse me, it just made it very clear to me, there's no reason for me to see anybody in person ever. Well, exactly. Uh, when we were first introduced way back in the early 2000s, you were just miles ahead of everybody else in terms of website, in terms of social media. Yeah. You've come into your own. Everyone's sort of following behind Tom Nicoli now, and congratulations. You've done a beautiful job. I mentioned the sites in the opening, and we'll mention them again later. I'd love to just chat with you a little bit about where we are and where you are. Um, you've been in the process of helping people with hypnotherapy for decades now. Yeah, it's a little over 22 years. Yeah, and run down for me the reason you get into this in the first, but what attracted you to this fascinating field? You know, we learn a lot in hindsight, right? But fortunately, along the way, I've now gained insight and foresight. But the hindsight is, it was one of those alignments. It was um, one of those divine alignments that I wasn't aware of consciously. So here's what I mean by that. As a performer and an entertainer my whole life, I thought, you know, I was, I was reading about this process and, and I realized it was actually called hypnosis, though it wasn't termed that in what I was reading. And, it, and I was applying it, self-hypnosis, and it was really having an impact. So I thought, 
I didn't learn about that. And then I thought, you know what? Those stage hypnotist shows look great. Let me find out about that. Maybe I'll do that. But that thought was what was to lead me to what I was supposed to do. So I talked with Steve Rother. Look that guy up one day. Steve Rother, R-O-T-H-E-R. And um, he laughed when I said, you know, Steve, when, and I turned 50 when I talked to him. I said, when I went and talked to this guy about learning stage hypnosis, a light bulb went over my head when he said, but there's another side of it. And I'm telling you, it was like a cartoon. And he laughed in my face. And he goes, you make me laugh. You've been a healer many, many, many times. Of course, you were going to do it again. I go, all I know was I took to it like it was a kid with ice cream. Mm. Never looked back. So I went to get stage hypnosis training. And the guy says, well, I could teach you that, but. And I went with the butt. You went with the butt. Wait, can you uh, remind the audience that may not know this, that you mentioned you're a performer and you're still a musician. So mm-hmm. what was the self-hypnosis stuff that you did to better perform? Do you recall what techniques you were using or borrowing from? Well, when we say self-hypnosis, you could really um, define that in another word, and that's visualization. But when you visualize, and I, and I have a report on this based on, and it's even in the report, Tesla and Einstein and energy and such that there are six key components that you have to apply to make the visualization really have impact and work. So the idea is we're looking to act as if, and when you act as if the thing people miss, um, well, the six points, and one of them is the five senses. So if you act as if something in your physical reality, all your five senses will be activated. Well, you need to do the best you can with that in your visualization. Also, the most important part, the catalyst, is the feeling behind it. So if you can't feel what it's like to have this thing you're visualizing, then there's a disconnect. So visualization is self-hypnosis uh, because it's like meditation with intent. Mm. Okay, so you, you're sitting quietly behind your eyelids, which is where all life happens. This is just the outcome of what's going on behind your eyelids. Mm-hmm. And um, when you do that, you either do it freestyle and just listen and learn, <clears throat> or you use an intention and you now interact with the visualization. When I when I first met you and we started interviewing you regularly and you came in doing the late night show with me and there were so many people who wanted to talk to you every time. One of the key elements to all of this was the introduction of the subconscious mind. Turns out that for me, it was such a, an easy thing to understand once I knew the conceptual nature of it and work with it. Talk a little bit about that overall arching point to make that we are two minds, the, the conscious mind and the inner mm-hmm. voice. The way, how would you okay. describe that? Some people say there's conscious, subconscious, and unconscious. But let's just take unconscious and subconscious and use them in place of each other. <clears throat> The easy way to understand this is your conscious thinking mind is the most limited part of you. And when we say get out of your own way, we mean stop thinking. Mm. The keyboard is your conscious thinking mind. And you say, I'm going to stop or I'm going to start, bloop, error. Mm. But I really want to and I have to, bloop, error. The hard drive runs the show. But the subconscious being the hard drive, like the hard drive, it doesn't think. It knows what to do. You just have to put in the command and it will go do everything it knows to do based on a program, right? Now, we're talking about the natural programs within us, like healing and processing information and memory and things like this. But these programs can get corrupted. Mm. And the corruption is usually a belief. 
right? So the mind only does what is on what, what is requested based on what it knows. So your wish is my command. Well, I'll never be able to do that. Your wish is my command. So we corrupt the program of confidence that's natural where I can do anything. <laughs> when you're a kid, you're like, oh, you'll kill yourself. Don't do that. Right. So the subconscious only acts upon what's on it, but it will do what's asked if asked properly, which means the suggestions and the work we do clearing out energetic blocks and emotion and things like this. So if we don't, well, I'm like the human IT guy. So instead of <laughs> yes. it's this, but we're going to places where you don't know that you're not even aware of. It's like once I had an IT guy come to my house and he opened up my laptop and I went, what the hell is that? Right. I've never seen those windows. He said, right. and you're not supposed to. If you ever see anything like this, you call me. So this is when people say, I don't go there because they wouldn't know what to do when they go there. Mm. Mm. And that's why there's repression and people are stuck up on the surface. But until you get somebody that can assist you in the right way to get to where you can't go or don't go, and then to do the work there, you just stay stuck. For those who have never experienced this kind of work, when done by a, a licensed and qualified professional such as yourself, it's not years and years and years necessarily of drudgery to get this done. Oh. In other words, it's a it's a very obviously non-medication-based formula it's for success. Yeah. All natural, right? Because you're using thought and feeling, perception, and all of this. Uh, the only thing I'll change is not licensed, but certified. Certified. Okay, so people get certified in this profession. Um, so it goes deep there. When you work with somebody who's reputable, experience, has a track record, then you will have the most expedient and effective uh, course of change than you've ever realized. Change is natural and constant. And this process allows us to be more effective, more expedient, but it is a process. This is one of the mistakes people have. And I was just talking about this in an interview to hypnotists, you know, hypnotherapists and such, is that one of the mistakes people have in misconceptions is that, oh, you can hypnotize, everything's great. Oh, once we get to that hard drive, we don't know what the hell's on it. We don't know what's going to come up. And even when you achieve whatever goal you come with, whatever behavior and outcome you're seeking, what about now the lifestyle you're in with that change? So there's maintenance and reinforcement as well, right? So once we clear out the, the hard drive and we get all the bugs out of it, we want to have antivirus software. So we want mm. the person to be able to manage themselves a lot better. So then there's even continued work to do there. Mm. But still, it's a lot quicker than 2, 5, 10, 20 years of another approach. The evidence is so stark when I've I known you've worked with people with severe weight issues and they can't lose weight and they're dealing with health that could be uh, in, in jeopardy, and you've helped them change their patterns, mm -hmm. or people who have had a, a very bad habit, of, of abusive habit, that they've tried everything and you've been able to help them. Can you cite a couple of examples, uh, you know, off the top of your head of people and what happens to them when it works? Well, when it works, my God, they, they go out of their minds with joy. And, and then when it works, well, basically what we're saying, we've got results. And that's what people buy. They don't buy services or products. They buy results. Right. They don't buy a podcast or whatever. They buy the result they get by listening to it, the feeling or the information they gather, or, you know, uh, improvements they can make. So when you get results, all of a sudden, 
they want to address this and that. And then other people like, well, if he could help you with that, then he can help me with this. Right. So, well, let's look at the, uh, the explosion that began with the Dateline NBC bit. So the six different approaches to weight loss, they called it the ultimate diet challenge. And I worked with Mark Merlis, a pastry chef. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he tried and tried and tried like all people. Right. But you see, Conscious effort is using your brain when you figure it out. And you can only use logic when you use your brain. And none of this is logical. It's emotional. Mm. So the first thing I help people do is release their emotional weight. So, for instance, when I worked at Mark, he said, well, it just seems like I don't want that. And it just seems like that's easy to do. Because when the hard drive, now, when you type a command of what you want and it goes, bloop, error, well, now you type a command about something that doesn't jive because the hard, the hard drive has been repaired and it won't do the bad thing you want mm. it to, let's say. You know what I mean? So, you know, it goes on and on and on. And the results are just such where people's lives truly change because one, usually when it comes to weight or a lot of issues people will uh, present, it's been going on for so long that it's really affected their life in such a bad way, yeah. right? Yeah. So the joy of finally relief, something's working. And and the worst part is people think it's them. I must be so bad or what's so wrong with me? Nothing. You just haven't found the way. And eventually what I uh, project is that people will start seeing us sooner than later instead of saying, well, you're the last resort. And that's why, well, World Hypnotism Day and things like that has helped, you know, gain some exposure to it all. Yeah, you were very much instrumental in putting that up on uh, on everybody's calendar, and it's still going strong. When did you first launch World Hypnotism Day with colleagues? When did that happen? 2005, I came up with the idea, and then when I presented it to National Guild, President uh, Dwight Damon said, great idea, Tom. I can't believe nobody's thought of it sooner, but mm. we don't have the time to manage that but we'll support it. So me and my big mouth and I was brought up and say it, you must do it. That's integrity. So 15 years later, here we are. And um, World Hypnotism Day has over 50 proclamations from lieutenant governors, governors and mayors in North America and been celebrated in like 30 countries. Tom, there's also evidence that hypnosis is terrific in pre and post-op preparation, in pain relief, in all kinds of physical ways. The beauty is this is not new. But what will happen is mainstream will then come out and say, oh, guess what we learned? And I think you didn't Hmm. learn that. That was already there. Because back in uh, the 1800s, Dr. Esdale, uh, a big believe Scottish surgeon, learned a technique from an Indian magician, in quotes, Uh in India, as the British Empire was conquering the world. And he used this process during uh, operations and reduced the morbidity rate by like half. So this isn't new. It will seem new to people because they just never heard of it. Okay. So, it's, but it's an ancient, timeless process and practice. Hmm. Um, a lot of time. Well, I'll use my father as an example. Here's a very, well, he's not here with us now, but he's back home. And I mean, real home. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, one of the toughest men you ever met in your life. Really old school badass, right? Hmm. Well, I saw him wincing in pain once when I first got certified, by the way. So you see, it's the process that works when you deliver it properly because it's all being done inside the person, not, oh, I'm so magical. Just that I know how to deliver it you know, Hmm. better than a lot of people. So it works better. But I was like, okay, so what's going on? 
well, I'm getting my knees replaced, but the pain is so bad. I can't even uh, walk from here to there. I got to hold on to everything and I can't sleep for more than two hours in a night. And all of a sudden I thought, well, you got to sleep to heal. And pain is nothing more than a signal from the mind to tell you there's something wrong. But it's been addressed. So I did a session with him and I'm telling you, I was new. I was reading out of my manual. And when we were finished and I had addressed the mind saying, the attention's been drawn. Thank you for the signal. It can be a tolerable discomfort now that he's made the appointments to repair the problem, you know, blah, 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 right? So when we get finished, I emerge him and count to five and nothing happens. So I do it again and his nose is running and he goes, hey, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if it worked. I heard everything you said. I go, I know. Why don't you wipe your nose, tough guy? (laughs) So two days later, I called and my parents were in transition from one place to another, and they were staying at my youngest brother's house. So I called him, my youngest brother answered. I go, hey, uh, what's going on? He goes, I was going to call you. Ma wants to know what you did to dad. I go, why is he like wearing a panties or something? <laughs> he goes, no, he's sleeping so soundly. He's snoring so loud, none of us can sleep. There you go. So I said, what did he have to say about it? He goes, hey, I don't know about that, but it works. <laughs> so he went from not being able to move from here to there without pain to wrap in his knees in ace bandages, driving uh, almost an hour down to Everett Mass where he coached Pup 1 football and hobbling around on a crutch when he couldn't even walk across the kitchen. That's a, a personal story, but it is remarkably true for so many of the people you've worked with. There's always that uh, individual in the crowd who'll say, hey, uh, you can't hypnotize me. You can't make me scream like a chicken if you're on a stage presentation. Right. Exactly. Can you define what it means to be, quote unquote, hypnotized? There is no under. You're in the state of. So here's what people don't get. Hypnosis is a word they don't understand. But if I call it persuasion or influence, power suggestion or appetizing, they understand that. Absolutely. Especially the appetizing. So when you're in trance, see, hypnosis is creating some sort of change using suggestions in a trance state. Now, trance state is all people don't understand. But when you zone out or space out, when you're in the mall and you're like, huh, if somebody startles you, you were in trance. Exactly. When you, highway well, hypnosis. Highway, <laughs> you, know, you drive up the highway and you and you zoned out, you're in trance. So we're in trance all the time. And that's when we're open to our hard drive. And that's why people buy what they buy and do what they do. And other people get to influence them through suggestion. And some suggestions are visual, billboards and such, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a process that's, that's constant. Most people say, I don't hypnotize anyone. I de-hypnotize them. That's why they're in trouble. And that's why they have problems because they've already been influenced mm. and suggestions have already taken place. So the process is, is natural, but you must be a willing participant mm. and a casual observer. Once you start interacting, now you're in the way. Now you're using your conscious self. So the three people who cannot be hypnotized is somebody who's either too intoxicated and can't comprehend, somebody who's not with the right IQ because they can't comprehend, right? or somebody who just doesn't want to and resists. By the way, behind you, uh, we're doing this, of course, on Zoom, behind you, there's a beautiful plaque that says Master Visionary, which, of course, is an offshoot of your main company. And this has to do with coaching. I've interviewed a bazillion coaches over the years in business and other areas. What makes what you do so accessible to people and so successful? Because I know you're incorporating a lot of the things we're talking about. 
I coach other hypnotists, hypnotherapists, consulting hypnotists, and coaches, as well as business owners and such. What makes my coaching more effective is me being a very seasoned and skilled hypnotist because the person I'm coaching is the issue, not what they're not able to accomplish. The person's always the issue. So when I give, like you can give everyone all the strategies, everything on a silver platter, and they can sabotage it, mm-hmm. or they cannot believe, or they could you know, not believe they're deserving and worthy of it, or whatever. So when you address the individual and remove the blocks in order to gain more clarity, more confidence, and more focus, then they can achieve what it is they're looking to achieve with the guidance that they require. So what separates me, my unique selling proposition here, I guess, or point would be that I'm able to help the individual in ways a, let's just say, typical coach can't. Well, that makes so much sense, Tom, because if somebody is a business major and has all the bells and whistles that come along with that, it's not a question of learning how to address those issues. It's learning how to get out of your own way. I mean, I think that makes sense. Speaking of uh, coaching, what about kids? Because you've worked with children as well. There are some remarkable studies about learning disabilities, autism, all kinds of things where the kind of work you're doing is making an impact. I really, truly believe this. And and it's, it's more than just a belief. The children who have come along, who we think are unmanageable, it's only because we have this old, worn-out, broken model that wants every single child to fit in the same model, the same role. You know, let's stamp them out and push them out and stamp them out and push them out, and you all got to be the same. But notice the saying behind me. Why are you trying to fit in so hard to fit in when you were meant to stand out? Mm. The problem is we haven't learned how to um, to guide and teach these children. Some of them are remarkable, but because they're not the same as the others, they're not manageable. They think they're problematic. No, they may be smarter than their teacher, right? We've seen this. So the problem is that we haven't learned how to teach a lot of these children. The, the biggest problem is when they get caught up in that uh, system, their confidence and self-esteem starts to tank because they believe they're wrong, they're bad, they're broken. When we want them to shine and to embrace who and what they really are. So a lot of the work is done that way. Not that there's something to fix. There's just a different way to manage and guide them. I have a question about where we are now compared to a couple of decades ago when you started, not in terms of your craft, but in terms of the acceptance by the quote-unquote professional medical community. Have you seen mm-hmm. more organizations and more individuals say, you know, we're not going to poo-poo this at all. We're, we're advocating this in, a, in conjunction with our traditional medicines. Where do we stand there? You know, you, you, 20 years sometimes sounds like a long time, but it's progressed, but not at a pace you'd like to see. One of the good examples, and this is, you know, when I just shake my head and go, come on, you, you get all these younger, you know, 20s, 30s, maybe young 40s professionals in the medical world. And um, on PBS, this was, Jesus, I don't know how many years ago, a lot of years ago, there was a presentation called The New Medicine. And it was all about how they now understand that you must treat the mind that the mind's at the root of it all. Mm. Oh my God, imagine that. But Hippocrates said it. 
He said, you must treat the mind and body together. They're not separate. But what happened along the way during the Renaissance era, they started opening up cadavers and went, oh, it's all physical. Mm-hmm. No, that's the outcome. That's the, the result of what's going on energetically because the you know energy is the mind, right? So they're another example of how it's being more accepted and understood. But when they call it the new medicine, what a bunch of BS that is. This isn't new at all. It's timeless and ancient. It's what's always been, but that got interrupted. So it's like when people say mainstream, mainstream, then I back off. Because whatever's going on mainstream is usually not what's right and correct and best. It's what's most profitable. Well, when you think about this, those who enter spiritual study or those who you know, decide that they want to get away from it all and close their eyes and meditate are are doing what comes naturally. It's a perfectly reasonable thing. And I, I don't want to get too metaphysical here, but when we talked about the subconscious mind, uh, I associate that with the soul. I mean, this is my personal belief that there's a connection there. There's too much mystery, fun, creativity. I mean, yep. that, 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 that medical... And I... I I know that there are many people out there who are listening this uh, who are skeptical because that's the nature of people today. But I think a lot of those people are living on that surface level where if it's mm-hmm. not in black and white and if it's not in some medical journal, they're not going to buy it. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, there's two parts of us. There's the physical self, the human self. But that isn't who you are. Like, I don't say I am Tom Nicoli. My name is Tom Nicoli. That's not who I am. My belief is such and all the research I've done keeps having more evidence and more evidence and more evidence and more evidence. You can call it universe, you can call it God, or as quantum physicists would call it source energy because all things are energy. Energy has intelligence. Everything ever was, ever will be is energy. So what runs this physical body is energy. Energy beats your heart. Energy functions all your organs. Energy is everything that creates a physical body to be active and alive. And energy is non-physical, which is spirit. And I am in all, but all's not in me. So whatever we call God is in everything. So that which is the most powerful, the most brilliant, if you shut up and get out of your own way and just (laughs) sit quietly, you will be shocked at the direction and guidance and insights you will gain. What are you working on now, uh, if you can share with me, in terms of helping new groups of people? And the reason I bring that up is because years ago, you were a groundbreaker in this field when it came to helping women with sexual dysfunction issues. Yeah, you, yeah. why don't you explain what that is? But also, to tell us if, you're, if your horizons are set on helping another subset of people. Okay. Well, first, vaginismus was something that came along. A woman had come to me, and I you know, first do research before I work on anything. And if I feel I can help you with that, then I will. If not, I'll refer you off. So I realized and learned that what vaginismus is, is a defense mechanism from the mind. That it could have been the good girl syndrome, which is so silly because the mother's saying, you know, you got to be a good girl, but how did you get born? Jesus. So <laughs> we got some real warped, you know, beliefs here. So the good girl syndrome or something happened inappropriately in the past. So the mind the job is survival, primarily survival, got to protect you. So then what happens is even when you go for a gynecological uh, visit, then for your health, the muscles will tighten up and lock up because there's uh, danger. I even had people flying from other countries, women from other countries, even medical doctors who had it. You know what the medical approach is? 
hold them down and use dilators and keep increasing the dilator. Now mm. the mind's going to even fight back harder. Oh, I would think so. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, and it, we're not we're not making light of this. This is a, a very oh, this is serious serious condition that affects people emotionally. Conceive? Yeah, it affects people physically and emotionally. So, is there a particular avenue that you're sort of studying now? Where's where well, your actually, passion line? Actually, what's happened recently is not so much an area of behavior that I'm working with with people, because I um, well, I was always aware of it, but. What has developed and come along is I'm primarily helping business owners release their anxiety and stress in order to increase clarity, focus, and confidence so they can achieve their business and personal goals. So working with the individual is, you know, a lot of these people don't understand. They think it's another system. It's another maybe employee. No, it's the, the person at the helm, right? Like, I used to say this, and I, I could care less about really about sports so much anymore. But when you think about what the Patriots have done over time, they wouldn't have done it if they didn't start at the head, the helm, Bob Kraft. Mm-hmm. So the business owner has to have it together in a certain way in order to be a better leader and a better decision maker and all of that. Though I still work with anyone and anyone who contacts me for issues that I know or you know have proven I can help them with. Yeah. Whatever personal issues. Because you see, Jordan, it's not the what. This is what people don't get. The what is the symptom. And even on a bottle of cold medicine, it says treats cold and flu symptoms, but it doesn't treat your cold and flu. Good point. So treating the symptoms is wrong. Why are those symptoms there? So the what is never the issue. So folks, believe this. No matter what your issue is, that's not the issue. Why do you overeat? Why do you eat crap food? Why do you feel like you're going to crumble if people listen to you talk in public? The why is emotional and the emotional is illogical. And that's why you can't figure it out using your brain and logic. And one more point for me, for those of you out there who are saying, oh, I have no weight problems. I don't smoke. I don't drink excessively. I don't have any of those quote unquote habits I want to nick. Why would I need this? It's kind of like going to a, a massage therapist or a chiropractor in my mind. I go for tune-ups. <laughs> that's one big Utah- reason why people want to stay on track, right? Right. So here's what people don't understand. And this is what I teach my students when uh, they get certified as a, a certified instructor. You don't have to work with people and all their messy issues. I used this example in, in this last call I just did. There's this guy, John Ware. And when I met John, he was in his 30s. I have no idea how old he is right now. And John says, you know what I thought? Because we also help people do what they do already really well, but better. Like I've helped skeet shooters who shoot like 900 in a row to be one or two better. So he says, I just work with golfers. He's on private jets. He's on golf courses. He gets paid handsomely. And he doesn't work with their issues. He just works with their skill set that is already good, but to improve it. So even if you're doing everything really, really, really well, there's still room for improvement. And there's still maintenance and reinforcement of what you do well. You are as effervescent and passionate as always. We have known each other 20 odd years, something like that. And uh, I remember going to a a very small office. My very first office was a storage closet, Jordan. It was. But I'll tell you, what was fascinating was once inside the inner sanctum, which was about 10 by 10. Eight by eight. Eight by eight. eight, Excuse me. It was like escaping (laughs) to another realm and it was so relaxing and uh, you have a, a masterful way about you, but I, I really am excited that you're doing well and 
keeping the attention on National Hypnotism Day, International Hypnotism Day, right? It's World, a, World Hypnotism Day. So that's international. That's uh, Might as well be universal. We'll have you on other planets before right, too right, long. Right, right. Tom, uh, I wish you the best, and we'll keep in touch. And you've done so much for my listeners and for me, and I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Joe, and I appreciate everything. I really do. Uh, so nice meeting up again with my good friend Tom Nicoli, hypnotherapist extraordinaire, one of the nation's leading practitioners, and also a certified professional coach, a true leader in personal development. Visit ProsperUSA.com to find out more. ProsperUSA.com. Hey, this is great fun as it always is. Thanks again to Dan Tebow, Fast Twitch Media, for his help with all the publishing, to Ken Carberry and the gang at Chart Productions, where we produce the podcast here in Boston. And always, always, always thanks to you for subscribing and downloading the podcast and for offering to rate and review us. That helps us grow the audience, and we're now in over 100 countries. Also, find out more about my book, about voiceover, about podcasting, and so much more at jordanrich.com. Till next time, this is JR saying be well so you can do good. Take care. <laughs>